Your Steve Jones Show podcast is loading now. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Purdy Insurance. Visit Purdy Insurance on Market Street in Sunbury or visit online at purdyinsurance.com. Sports talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. McSorley back with some time, runs out of time, rolls wide, in the end zone, throws, fireball, touchdown! Penn State and the Nittany Lions respond with an 85-yard drive. Young is to the right of Stanley in the gun, takes the snap back, Woods coming, steps up, throws far side, it's intercepted! 40, John Reed, 30, he swings to the near side, 25, John Reed on the run to the 20, near side, 15, 10 to the 5, to the pylon and out of bounds! He'll be out of bounds inside the 5-yard line, and the Nittany Lion defense gets the biggest play of the game! Stevens takes the snap. He'll keep it himself up the middle. Goal line. Touchdown. Penn State. The Nittany Lions. An extra point away from the tie as fireworks fly in the air. Gilligan puts the hands up. Put down. Kick by Pittiger on its way. The kick by Jake Pittiger is gone. And Penn State ties the game at 17 with three seconds to go with the half on a career-long 45-yard field goal by Jake Pittiger. Sanders now to the right. McSorley, quarterback draw, open, 50, 45, far sideline, 40, 30, 25, 20, 15, 10, 5, touchdown, Trace McSorley, 51 yards, and the Nittany Lions for the first time today have the lead. Just inside the far hash angle to his right. Put down, kicked by Jake Pittiger on its way. The line drive by Pittiger is gone. A career-long 49-yard field goal by Jake Pittiger. That was a missile. He will drive it high end over end. It will be returnable. Hamler will take it at the three. 5-10 to his right, 20, 25, 30. Hamler, far sideline, 40, 50, 45 of Iowa, 40. Keeps going, 35, and inside the 35 and down at the 30-yard line. 44-yard attempt, far hash for Jake Pinnegar. He's already hit from 45 and 49. Kyle Vasey will snap it. Gilligan will put it down. Waits, puts the right hand out, good snap, put down. Kick is on its way by Pinnegar, the kick by Jake Pinnegar is gone. He does it again. He is three for three in this game, Jake Pinnegar. Penn State leads 30 to 24. Stanley takes it back, Woods coming, dumps it off. It's intercepted, Nick Scott picked it off at the five, returns it to the 10, and the Nittany Lions defense comes up with the biggest play of the game. Fourth and 10, Iowa. Takes it. Back he goes. They run a stunt. Miller hits him and he flips the ball back to the offensive lineman. 50, 45, 40. Runs to the 30-yard line and that's it. The Nittany Lions win it. He flipped the ball back that time to Tristan Wirfs, who's taken down at the 30, and the Nittany Lions win it. We didn't always play smart, especially early in the game, but we played with great heart. We were fortunate to be, you know, uh, you know, 17s at halftime. Uh, we were really fortunate with the way the game went. I've, I don't know if I've ever been a part of, you know, two safeties early in the game like that, like we had uh, with our punt team. But we just, you know, our defense played gutsy. Our offense, you know, um, it was opportunistic, and, and we, we found a way to, you know, come through. And obviously, Jake Pinniger was huge. How about the play of John Reed out there today? Yeah, he's, you know, he's gaining the confidence. 
confidence every single week I see it. He smiled. He's having fun. Um, you know, that was big. You know, that was big for us. You know, that, again, you know, that quarterback's played a lot of football for him. They're tight ends, like I talked about all week long, were clutch. You know, but to see uh, John Reed go in there and make that play was phenomenal. Well, you know, I gave out some game balls, and I probably should have gave out some more, and I don't, I don't usually do that, but gave, you know, Trace with his toughness for five years, um, keeps battling back, you know, gets gets dinged up, has to go in the tent, and they put a brace on his knee, and then comes back, and I don't know how long the run was, 60 yards or whatever it was for a touchdown with great perimeter blocking and a great call by Ricky Ronnie versus cover zero. Um, huge. And then Tommy Stevens, you know, what an unbelievable example he is. What an unbelievable example Tommy is. You know, college football, everybody's worried about themselves. They jump ship as soon as times get tough. And that guy stays with us and then comes in and makes some huge plays for us. James, how big was it getting that field goal right before the end of the half? Pinnaker, unbelievable. And guess where he's from, guys? He's from Iowa. No doubt about it. You know, I, I, we, we might need to go to Iowa more often, make it a huge recruiting area for us because he came through for us tonight. He sure did. You know, that'd do wonders for him. He's now hit six of his last seven field goals, Jake Pinnaker. So it wasn't just Saturday, but he hit a career-long 45-yarder. He then followed it up with a career-long 49-yarder and then followed that up with a rather mundane 44-yarder. He hit three field goals over 45 yards, or 44 yards or better. And they won the game 30-24. to uh, I want to take one quick moment here before we get started. I want to thank everybody there. And by the way, I saw, I saw uh, the suit, Le Suit. Saturday, he showed up at the tailgate show. He was there. He found you. All right. Yes. No, no, it was great. No, seriously, great to see him. Everyone knows, I think, the world of Kev. He's I know. an awesome, awesome guy. Yeah. Uh, it was great to see Kev. I also want to thank, yes, we got Holushki delivered to us. Chris, Chris in the clutch. Chris Chris came over, right, brought it over. He said, hey, you can do whatever with, you know, because he, he had the big styrofoam. All right. So Jack's like, oh, yeah, I know Holushki. So Jack got some. I got some. My brother got some. Roger got some. We all, I mean, we loved it. Derek passed. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I was kind of wondering okay. about D-Will. No, D-Will... <laughs> He passed. Okay. <laughs> so he passed. Counting the calories. Uh, but that's okay. That's okay, though, because Kevin took it. All right. So, Chris, thank you so much for doing that. I was so happy to see him, and it was so nice of him to do, and how much all of us appreciated it. It was nice to sneak that into the booth. <laughs> uh, then the next part is I want to thank uh, everybody there. Uh, from Corey at Brewers Outlet to everybody at the radio station for how well you treated my brother and his wife. That means a lot to me that you did that. Everybody went out of their way for him. Obviously, you know, I think the world of him, I think he's an awesome guy. And I think, I think it, I had people stopping, by the way, at the tailgate show. Well, he's here, right? Where is he? I said, well, he's upstairs. <laughs> he wasn't going to leave the booth. He wasn't going to do that. Uh, and everybody treated him so well. I just want to say thanks to everybody because how much that means to me that people did that. So thanks. Of course, Sean went out of his way as usual. I don't know if Sean finds time for Sean because Sean's doing everything for everybody else all the time. But uh, let's see. So how do our playoff teams look? 
All right. I already, so uh, look, I already know how one looks. Okay, I already know that that Shikalimi is turning it down. That is correct. Okay? So I already know that because I talked to Liz Suit, who uh, I mean kept screaming about some coffee table and that he needed them to play. I didn't know what that meant. <laughs> <laughs> oh, just kidding. I, I, wait, wait. I need a coffee table. I need them to play. I'm like, okay, sure. <laughs> Maybe he didn't. I don't. Yeah. But so you got uh, yeah. so you got so, so you got Jersey Shore, Columbia Montour, Votek. That's one versus four in uh, District Four Quad A. The other semifinal will be Midwest at Seawons Grove. How about Midwest above 500? First time ever for a football them. program. So we got that little Snyder County backyard scrap that we expected. That'll be Friday night at. Harold L. Bullock Memorial Field course will have it for you over on Eagle 107. Winners of those two games then will advance to their championship game coming up uh, next Friday night. Uh, single A semifinals will be South Williamsport at Canton, Sayer at Muncie. Those two games Friday night. Uh, the double A quarterfinals also on Friday night. Line Mountain makes it in, but they have to go to number one seed Southern Columbia. Troy at Wellsboro. Tawanda has to come down to the Silver Bowl to take on number two seed Mount Carmel. And number six, Bloomsburg, goes up to North Penn Mansfield. Those games will be on Friday night. Now, on Saturday, will be the quarterfinals for District 4 AAA. Again, all four of these games will be Saturday night at 7. Warrior Run goes to number one seed Danville. Shimokin travels up to Loyal Sock. Athens will come down to Montoursville, and Lewisburg gets a rematch from a couple of weeks ago. We kind of figured it was going to be Lewisburg Central Columbia. That's how it happened. So that's a six versus three matchup. Uh, Green Dragons at the Blue Jays. So we'll have live coverage on Saturday night starting at 630 on 100.9 the Valley for that game. Okay. So there you go. So that's, so that's how it's going to play out. Yep. Well, good. Well, we wish, uh, quote, our local teams all the best of luck. Uh, coming up in the playoffs. And look, uh, Shikolemi, I, I want to give their administration credit and their football program credit. Look, I, you know, look, obviously, we carry the games. I have no dog in the hunt, so guess what? Right? I want them to win every game. I want everyone to understand that. I want Sealands Grove. We carry Sealands Grove. I want them to win every game. We carry Lewisburg. I want them to win every game. Shikolemi. Now, I know they have to play each other once in a while, so at that point you remain neutral. But, you know, and then obviously Shikolemi. I don't want I don't want those kids to endure a 1 in 9 season. No, they endured quite a bit for right, sure. You know, 15 kids were out Friday night because of right. various injuries. That's really right. that's a huge challenge. But I'm saying I don't want any team to endure a 1 in 9 season. There's no way I want that. And I don't want, quote, our local kids to endure something like that. No way. My point has always been not about the kids. Okay, My point has been about just about the playoff and how it's structured, and it's about the fact that the PIAA allows this to happen. That part bothers me, that you have to have more of a standard because it's a playoff. Okay, that that's you see what I'm I'm just talking about the standard of it. I'm not talking about the kids or the coaches or anything like that. It's just a tough year. It's a hard year. But believe me, I mean, if, right? I want these kids to thrive and win. I mean, 
because that's a lot more fun. Okay, it's a lot more fun for everybody. More fun for us to carry the games. It's more fun for the kids to play them. It's more fun for the coach. It's more fun for the fans. But when it comes to a record, I'd like to see some sort of standard that the PIAA establishes where it's a playoff-worthy record. And this point thing and whomever came up with this convoluted, and it is convoluted, point system, cut me a break. And I've already talked about how I feel about the six divisions, that you keep the six, you just go single, double, triple, quad, boom, that's your public schools, and then your private schools should be smaller and charter schools A and double A. Divide them into two. There aren't as many of them, so divide them into two in terms of the size. And then they get their own state championship, too. It's fine. It's a simple solution from a very simple man. All right. We'll take a break. We'll talk more about Penn State football. We've got Joe Susan coming up today as they're back in action after their bye week. They'll be on Eagle 107 coming up this weekend. So we get that to talk about and much more, including the Red Sox winning the World Series last night. A couple points I'm going to make about that coming up. Look, I, look, they have the highest payroll in baseball. So let's, I mean, let's start with that. Let's be realistic about what we're watching here. Um, but there's more to it than that. And we'll talk about that when we continue. Brought to you by Purdy Insurance, Market Street in Sunbury on News Radio 1070 WKOK. All right, by the way, the Wisconsin kickoff um, Sunday, six-day window for the first time this season. you got to give TV people credit. They have no sense at all for fans. This, by the way, has nothing to do with Penn State, has nothing to do with Wisconsin. This is all TV. I know they pay a ton of money. I got it. But you know what? So does the fan. They pay for the tickets. They pay for the parking space. They make the donations. They pay for the gas. They pay for the food. They pay for a hotel room or an RV or whatever it may be. They, over and over and over again, they pay, they give, they pay, they give. Right? And that's the one area where I have a dispute with Jim Delaney. I think Jim Delaney has done an incredible job for this conference. But I think in television negotiations... He was did a great job of extracting the I think the highest amount you could possibly get in the in the atmosphere. Jim deserves all the credit in the world for that, but they should have put in a provision about no six day windows. No six day windows. Fans deserve to have twelve days. And I've said it once. I've said it a million times in the show. And it's 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 very simple to me. I. It is not the Manhattan Project to pick games. It's, I mean, they act as if it's the most complicated thing on the face of the earth to pick which game is going to be on which network. Oh, for goodness sakes. I could do the whole... You and I could do that in a half an hour. I think one time frame, though, we can rule out for Penn State-Wisconsin will be prime time because I... I correct if me you, if I'm wrong. If, that's got to be 12 days, right? If you do a six-day, you can't do prime time. There you go. Yeah, so that that's where it does come into play. 
It's already actually one of my buddies already texted me. Goes, do you think that's going to be a night game? It's like, no, nope, we're clear there. No. We're good. No, no, they're they're clear on that. Yeah. All right. Yeah. yeah. Chris Wheeler said, geez, recover a fumble once in a while. Here we go. I'm going to text him this. Oh, let's see. I'm going to text him. Oh, four, seven on fumbles. Last two games. Home games. How about that one? Seven times the opponents put the ball on the ground. And Penn State isn't recovering one of them. That's why somebody, oh, when Michigan State played a great game, they fumbled four times. They recovered all four. Okay, that means, I'm sorry, there's no magic there. So, yeah. Oh, goodness gracious. Okay. So, we'll move on. Uh, I'll, I'll, uh, I'm going to talk to Joe about this. I mean, it's probably going to be part of the topic I bring up with Joe about is we're in an analytical world and about coaching, about analytics and making decisions about it. And I want to talk to him about that. Um, did you go over to Maddie's today? Uh, suit was at Maddie's for the uh, weekly football luncheon. Unfortunately, I could not get there. I heard they paid an emotional tribute to him. Oh, wow. Maybe that's why I wasn't told ahead of time. I would have been there. I wouldn't have missed that. Why? Because you would have had to conjure up emotion? (laughs) (laughs) I'm acting. Okay. Okay. Are are these lines easier than I think? Or (laughs) throw down tears at the drop of a dime. (laughs) How does he do? Oh, we love him. He's terrific. Oh, nobody deserves it more. (laughs) When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Subway Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Merth family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle's worth. The SMC way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC Way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC Way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC Way. The SMC Way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. Taking your calls at 800-795-9565. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motors Studio, here's Steve Jones. All right, Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Keywords 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. And today's show brought to you by Purdy Insurance. Market Street in Sunbury. Go to purdyinsurance.com. One of the fun moments on the show for me every week is to have a conversation with Joe Susan, the head football coach at Bucknell. Coach, welcome back. It's always a pleasure on our part. Thanks. Pleasure is mutual, my man. I appreciate it. 
All right, bye week. Um, how'd you want to approach it? And did it help you heal up in certain areas? Because football, anytime you play eight straight weeks, is going to be tough on the body, and it's also going to be tough mentally too. The uh, good thing about it is that our kids came out with the right attitude. That, that that was the most important thing. And after losing a tough game to Lafayette and going into a bye, you know, they made a choice to come out and let it fly. That that was important. Uh, we wanted to focus on the same thing in all three phases. Uh, the only difference is offensively it's the ball. It was fundamentals and it was finish. Uh, same special teams. The only difference on defense, we focused on tackling uh, fundamentals and finish. We have so many young guys that are playing that the fundamental approach still benefits them. It's not... Uh, they, it's not to the point where it's like riding a bike for them yet. And uh, their energy uh, supplied more by them than our coaches, which was good. I told our coaches, if we have to bring it, we're bringing the energy. And normally our coaches do. Right. Players really approach it the right way. And uh, we spent a lot of time in situational football, red zone football, two-minute. And that benefits us in that uh, – we're going to start a freshman quarterback this week in uh, Taron Earl, and the more reps he gets, the better he's going to be. And that was the design of our – we went Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, gave him Friday and Saturday off, and then we were on the field last night, and I was concerned about you know, shaking off some of the rust that might accumulate in two days because you get into a, a rhythm. And, uh, yep. They came out and they were flying around last night, which was good. And uh, we will get a couple guys back, um, which is going to benefit us on defense. Uh, there's a good chance Sean Naiman is back, maybe not 100%, but uh, he's able to get some reps in the same way with John Fox. Offensively, um, as I said, Logan Bitterkoffer will be down for this week. He might come back for the Georgetown game. And then uh, Marquise Carter's running better. Um, I'm not going to put him out there until he's ready, though. Right. Uh, Taron Earl, uh, what kind of feel does he have for the game? And is the feel for game speed still a work in progress? He has a great feel for the game. I think a lot of it is that, uh, and I credit a lot to his mother's side. Uh, <laughs> a lot of people would credit the dad. Hmm. Um, his dad was actually a... Uh, player at Clemson, uh, played a defensive end at Clemson. Uh, very disciplined. I think uh, that comes from both sides, but Dad is or was his high school principal at Montclair in New Jersey, and Taron played quarterback all the way up, which I think benefits you uh, from a skill set standpoint, and he played on a very good football team in a very hard, hard conference in uh, the north-central part of the state of New Jersey. Game speed's a little bit different, though. Uh, regardless of the level you play in high school, when it comes to college, it's a different speed, and he admits it. And uh, I think one of the benefits for him going into the game in Lafayette, he came in in a two-minute situation, and we were down. Right. And, uh, you know, all the, the potential noise of a two-minute drill comes into play 
when you're in there and that's your first reps um, in varsity football and the, the game's on the line. And uh, he made a couple of good throws. Uh, as with most young quarterbacks, sometimes in a two-minute situation where they pull the ball down, throwing it away is a lot better than pulling it down and scrambling around because ultimately, even if you throw it incomplete there, you're still burning the clock. Um, right. He'll get better with that. Uh, he is extremely poised for someone his age and uh, still an 18-year-old, but uh, you know, we, we really feel that he's going to be a very good quarterback here and uh, you know, obviously uh, a cliche that you and I have heard, the future's now. Yep. And, uh, I think he's done a great job of preparing him. Our coaches have done a great job of preparing. And uh, it'll be interesting. We're going to be smart about what we ask him to do, but uh, he will have the ball in his hands almost every play. Well, two-time team captain in high school, threw for over 6,200 yards, and now gets an opportunity at this level. Uh, I want to ask you about the tackling part. Life is different now in this game than it was 15, 20 years ago, which means there's a lot of thud, tag-off, and so forth in tackling. How, Joe, do you like to teach tackling, uh, especially now, and is it too often, and I don't just mean your team, I mean across the board, is too often the majority of tackling actually done during the games? That is correct. And uh, I think that my high school coaches and my college coaches might not recognize practice. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, we break it down into its component parts. We have a tackling circuit that our coaches use every, every day. Um, but ultimately... It's a combination of doing thud, which if you do thud the right way, it helps you come to balance and be in a position where you can tackle. Uh, I've heard it said that football is either working from a football stance, a come-to-balance stance, or running to get into a come-to-balance stance, regardless of what you're trying to do, whether you're a receiver, whether you're a blocker, whether you're a tackler. But there are times where, in practice, obviously you can't. So that, and this is consistent across the board in football. Um, there are times where, within a game, right off the bat, you you've got to play up to speed right now. And, and you know, it, it happened to us a couple times this year, where in the in the I think it was the Holy Cross game where they went right down the field. Fortunately, they didn't score, but we didn't tackle very well, and then. As the game went on, we got better and better at it. And in many ways, I think tacklings want to. Uh, yeah. If you know the component parts, executing the component parts, but having played as a defense player in high school, we practiced real tackling every day. And uh, uh, yes, it was me only too. Friday. <laughs> <laughs> me too. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and that, and that's that's why I see, for example, like Buddy Tevens has the robots up at, at Dartmouth and so forth, trying to get something in there where you're not when you're not hitting during the course of the week. Uh, I mean, what did it take? I mean, look, I knew I know you did things because it's the smart thing to do, and for the long term health of what the sport of football, it's the smart thing to do. But how hard was it for you, as somebody who has 
<laughs> has a little element of uh, old school in the spine. How tough it was it for you to adapt to it? You know, it uh, the first adaption that I made that I never thought I would was even before the NCAA uh, made it a law, we went away from double sessions. Right. And uh, in high school, we actually had triples. Um, mm-hmm. But that's the way it was. Uh, and then the thud component of what we did was something I always believed in. But we do more tag now just because thud in many ways is almost like tackling if it's done correctly. Right. If thud is done right, you break down rap and it's like catch and release. Exactly. Exactly. And uh, you know, we, we actually, during practice, we'll let our defense thud when we go against a scout team offense. When we go against scout team defense, we let the the big guys thud, but we we tag the ball carrier and receiver just so that they don't have to get wrapped up during practice. And sometimes that in, impacts them too during a during a game week where the first time it's live fire, you know, it's in a game. But uh, we've got to keep those guys healthy. And uh, same way with the quarterback, you know, their their hands off the quarterback. Um, some quarterbacks like it when they get hit during a game because it just gets some of those cobwebs out. But uh, I think the game has changed universally. And in the long run, I think from a standpoint of physical and above-the-neck health, um, it's the right thing to do. Yes. And, you know, it, my head coach in college, Tubby Raymond, Oh, that geez. as in life, so in football, there's always going to be change. And uh, some of us aren't real good with it because we're creatures of routine, me specifically. But uh, <laughs> I can I can see where that benefit lies. Um, we do have one of those robots. I think our equipment guy uses it to chase kids around the field more than we use it for tackling. <laughs> now we actually use that. Uh, yeah, I know. I know. And, but, and Buddy made the right choice. He, he invented it. And, uh, yeah. You know, those, those are the things that, but to me, it doesn't run like a football player. It doesn't, you know, right. it doesn't make cuts like a football player, but it, it's, we have, we have a variety of implements that, uh, in my high school field, there weren't many implements. We were the uh, implements. Yeah, we were. Yeah, believe me. <laughs> yeah, the old lie on the ground, get up, get hit. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I love that drill when I was in high school. Oh, yeah. That was a beauty. Oh, coach, really? Can I do that one again? Uh, so, and then when uh, you're the sophomore and that senior that doesn't like you because <laughs> his girlfriend asked you out. And, yeah. yeah. Oh, oh yeah. that's a bad day. <laughs> that's a bad day. I want to ask you about the analytics part of it. Analytics plays obviously a big role in every sport these days. You get a printout of analytics and so forth on the football side of it. What is the balance to you as a coach, Joe, of analytics and also gut feel because of your experience in the game? You know, it's uh, it's an important part of the game because the game is a game of math, and uh, but that math does not take into account tempo of the game. Uh, weather and like you said gut feel 
were, okay, <clears throat> we're in a situation where we've got to go for it on fourth down. Um, our defense is playing well. We, we can afford to do this or just the opposite. And those are the things that math doesn't give you. But football is a mathematic game. Uh, it's divided by clock. It's divided by distance. But those, uh, I don't know if you ever had one of those uh, vibrating football games with the electric electric football. Yeah, yeah, where they use a belly button lint for the football, and yes. guys would just if there's a little <laughs> tilt in the table, everybody's in one corner. <laughs> You're not really sure whether. Now there's humans out there, and they're in this yep. case they're eighteen to twenty three, and. You know, it's one of the rewards of bye week was I had a chance to watch some other teams play, and there's, some of those other teams make mistakes too. Which, yeah. but our our guys, you know, the one thing I will say, our guys play hard. Obviously, our record would we would like our record to be better, but the effort of our players has been consistent, and I credit our coaches and I credit our players. But uh, analytics fu- has a part in it. Right. It's just yeah. I, I think you can become over analytical. Then you become tied to a, a math set that uh, takes some of the passion out of the game. One final the question that's about Lehigh. What, what's your thumbnail on them? They're similar to us in some of the injuries they've had to deal with. Uh, they're normally an explosive offense that is averaging 12 points a game. I think a lot of it's related to some of the issues they have they've had on their offensive line. I respect the way Andy does things there. His quarterback is dangerous. His running back is even more dangerous. Defensively, they're a team that wants to get as many hats near the football as they can. Their their secondary is very aggressive at playing the run, and if we can run, it's going to help us in our run action game over the top. We've got to take our shots, and uh, you know they they I, I might have said this previously in their in their preseason team photo they had 77 guys. Yeah, and uh, as the season goes on, that changes, and uh, it's consistent across the board in our league, and uh, you know that obviously impacts the way we practice, and uh, will continue to impact that moving forward. But playing them at their home place, um, obviously a great place to play. They, that's the best true grass surface I've ever been on. I credit them. Um, you know, anytime you play somebody at, at their place, they're going to defend their home field better than they have some of the other games they've played. But uh, our kids are going to be ready. We're fortunate coming off a bye. I told my staff this. I would like every game after a bye week, but uh, <laughs> we'd be working for a while. And, uh, <laughs> you know, the uh, advantage you have coming off a bye is you have a little bit more time to prepare. The disadvantage is that your rhythm has changed. And, I, I credit the way our kids came came ready last week. They could have, you know, put their head down and felt sorry for themselves. But that's one good thing about coaching young guys they uh, they rebound fast, faster than we do. Amen. Uh, Joe, always a pleasure. Good luck Saturday at Lehigh. I always enjoy the conversation very much. Thanks so much for giving us your time. Thank you, Steve. I, I have to admit, I did listen to you on Saturday, and. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm always impressed by how you cover the game. Uh, Thank you. It was interesting to see, and I told Sean this, that last play that uh, Iowa ran where their first and goal from the four or five, 
Yeah. And their their inside receiver didn't know the play, and he was wasn't ready for the play. And you know, they, like I said earlier in this conversation, they made mistakes too. Yeah. No, and that's exactly right. Not only that, but he's their best receiver. He's one of their yeah. better players, and he. And they were doing a change, and he was trying to communicate the change. And in the process of communicating it, they snapped it. So, I tell my guys this all the time: silence is deadly. I don't care. Yeah. They, our yeah. opponent knows as long as we know. Yep, exactly. Joe, thanks so much. You guys Appreciate have a great it. Day. You too. Take care. Bye. Joe, Joe Susan, head football coach at Bucknell. We will come back with more in a moment on News Radio 1070 WKOK, brought to you by Purdy Insurance. For nearly 100 years, Purdy Insurance has been your locally owned, family operated source for insurance products. With a staff of over 20 and partnerships with some of the industry's most trusted companies, Purdy has the experience and resources to get the job done. Whether you need personal home and auto or complex business insurance solutions, Purdy will help you navigate through the process. Call today at 570 286 5855. Or better yet, stop in their Sunbury office to see what Purdy Insurance can do for you. Great to have you with us. Uh, one of the reasons I brought up with Joe Susan about analytics and gut instinct, I think numbers, I think you want as many numbers as possible because you want to be able to make decisions where you're smarter. In baseball, for example, hey, a shift. Look, you know, any ball within 200 feet, what direction does the guy hit it in? I mean, I think there are two things that really derail Ryan Howard's career. Number one was obviously the Achilles injury, and number two was analytics and the shifts put on Ryan Howard. He couldn't handle it. He couldn't hit past it. Uh, and I think that's just smart, the use of analytics and sabermetrics to do things like that. It also gives you a thought process as to how to construct the batting order and things like that in certain situations. But then you get a situation like the World Series where the front office is making batting orders for Dave Roberts, and Dave Roberts is all in the position, well, you know, he can't third time through the order, can't do that. And then you got Alex Cora on the other side who has eyes. You have eyes. You can see what's going on. David Price is on a roll. He's retired 14 in a row. I'm going to let him go out and take the seventh inning. I know it's the third time through the order. Yeah, at this point he retired 11 in a row. Like, he's retired 11 in a row. I'm going to give him a little more rope here. He's earned it. Plus, the score gives me a little pad to play with. And he retired all three in the seventh inning. Why? Because his eyes told him something. Brock Holt. Okay, Clayton Kershaw started last night. Okay, So Ian Kinsler, a right-handed hitter, needs to start. No, your eyes are telling you that Brock Holt's playing better, regardless who's on the mound. All right, today's show brought to you by Purdy Insurance, Market Street in Sunbury. Go to purdyinsurance.com. Second hour coming up on News Radio 1070 WKOK.
You're listening to News Radio 1070 WKOK Sunbury. You can hear us anywhere in the world with the Sunbury Broadcasting Corporation app.